0: You are listening to The Feedback podcast. podcast with my homie back. All right. Welcome to The Feedback Podcast, everybody. My name is Back. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, this is a special episode. I know I say that every time, but this is very special. I'm really excited about this. Uh, but before we get started, do me a favor, go to iTunes, go to wherever it is in the podcast, leave a review, share it. And like I said, I've been focusing more on comedy uh, these days because it's blowing up here in Austin, Texas. So it's only right that you know I talk to the funny people where I'm here, and a lot of people who are moving here. So, uh, in that sense, I'd like to introduce my guests. We got Golden Dowling in the building, virtually in the building, and Marty Clark from the Creek in the Cave moving to moving to Austin. How you guys doing?
1: Great, great. How you doing
0: today? Yeah, good. I know you guys are busy with everything that's that's happening with the Creek in the Cave. You know. Coming to uh coming to Austin. If you guys don't know, Crick in the Cave is the legendary club up in New York. Uh and then, you know, like I said, with the comedy scene blowing up here in Austin, uh, this was a terrific move. Uh but let, let's dive a little bit into that. Like how uh how did that how did that happen? Who wants to tell the uh, story? I know the story, uh, but I, I think it's a great fucking story. It's a it great is. fucking story.
1: Uh, it, it is a good, a good story. Um so uh, when things started to come back after like um, after the lockdown for a while, I, I started my open mic. So like I went to I actually kind of randomly ran into Gabe Cavazos, who started Rough Cut Comedy. He ran some shows before COVID hit. Um, mm-hmm. and I was kind of part of Rough Cut. I had like three shows that I had had under the Rough Cut umbrella. And then uh, I happened to run into him. I was actually walking to the gas station to get a Gatorade because I was very hungover. Because uh, that's what you do during a lockdown. You get drunk every day. And. <laughs> Yeah, so I was walking the guest Is I ran into him. And it was right during the um well, the first day of the George George Floyd protest. So that's why I ran into him and I went out to the protest with him. And then there was a bunch of comedians. There was like a group of maybe ten or fifteen comedians that would go out every day. We we, we were handing out waters, we were handing out masks, and um yeah, so I I just got the back into the comedy scene. I never knew I didn't know if I was gonna do comedy again, if the comedy was gonna come back, what it would look like. Mm-hmm. So then I started hanging out with the comics again. And then Craig Vergola just like he just talked me into going to an open mic. So there was only two open mics at the time, Micheladas and Opa. So mm-hmm. I went to one of the open mics, and then I went to the other one, and I realized I was like, you know what? I should start an open mic. Like, I, comedy is what I love. I was unemployed, I had time, so I started my open mic at the uh, at the Lucky Duck, which was also a fun story. What I did was I just I went through all the venues in town that uh, that do music and outdoor music, mm-hmm. and then I was going to check out all these venues. I narrowed a list of 250 down to 40 that I wanted to see, and I was just walking down Sixth Street to go check out one of the venues. Then the guys were the the owners, of the Lucky Duck, were standing right outside. And I was like, "Hey, are you guys open?" They're like, "Yeah, we're about to open." And so I was like, "You want to run a comedy night?" And they were like, "Actually, yes." We were just talking about that. So it, it was like, <laughs> just like that, there's gonna be a lot of themes to my stories here. It's just a lot of luck. Uh, so then I started that um I started my my uh, my open mic there, and it just blew up right away. I mean, I think week three we had over 60 comics. It was crazy because everybody nobody done comedy in six months. Right. So I started my open mic, and then when that started blowing up, I was like, we need some showcases, because there was no showcases in town. Mm-hmm. So then I went and I started my WTF showcase, and I started my, uh, my Wise Quacks showcase, and I started my Baker Street showcases, and then it just started, started to kind of just uh, to pile up. And then before I knew it, I had like 28 shows in the month of January, and I think there's only one day in March where we don't have a show. So <clears throat> I started all those shows, and then the way the club came about was one day I was out uh, day drinking with my buddy Avi before a show. And we just we happened to be at this bar, and these guys, drunk guys, just came up to us and started talking to us. And they were nice enough, so we uh, we invited them to the show that night. We gave them free tickets. They mm-hmm. came out to the show; it was like a sold out show had the Lucky Duck. It had 100 Dunkin headlining. Great show. So then after that, we went out drinking with them, and they said, "You know, we want to invest in rough cut comedy." And I was like, "We don't really need money. We're kind of breaking even right now. We're fine." Mm-hmm. And then uh, they were like, "Well, just you should open a comedy club. Since Cap City had shut down, there were no clubs in town." We were like, well, we don't want to run a comedy club. I mean, I, I don't even like producing. I just do it to give space time and to build a scene.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: they're like, all right, well, why don't, you, why don't you think on it? Like, sleep on it. I right, go home and sleep on it. That night, I uh, took some mushrooms. And- that helps. <laughs> and- Always helps. Always. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 seriously, the mushrooms changed my life because I took those mushrooms and I was watching this podcast uh, called, my, it's one of my favorite ones it's called Legionist Gangs. It was Oh, Creak-
0: yes, of course. Great. Yeah. Thinking- right, and it was right? What's that? That's what it used to be, the Creek in the Cave in New York. That's right. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yep. So they were actually there because they were like, the Creek in the Cave was about to shut down three days later. And so they happened to do their last last podcast at the Creek in the Cave. And so Rebecca Trent uh, was on that podcast. She like hopped on the mic and talked about how sad she was. I knew it had shut down. I was sad. I've known about the Creek in the Cave for years. I'm I'm a comedy nerd as well. and I listen to a ton of podcasts. And I loved just how she ran it, it was scene oriented. I just loved everything about it and her. And so then, I uh, well tripping on mushrooms. I hit her up at like five thirty in the morning, saying, "Hey, uh, I'm so sorry to hear about the creek in the cage shutting down. Would you ever consider moving it down to Austin?" How do you? Hit she her up? She, hit, she hit me back right away. She was like, "Yeah, let's talk tomorrow." I called her the next morning, and then less than three months later, here we are. Yeah, we flew her down like in four days. We're like, and I was like, "Rebecca
2: fucking Trent is coming to Austin."
0: No shit. Like, it, 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 was it a tweet? Like, how do you, did you say, I just I just reached out, reached out there? Like, how do you reach out to, uh, like, a legendary sure. club owner?
1: Sure. Well, she was, uh, I mean, just on, on Facebook. Like, we weren't friends on Facebook. I'd never met her. I've, I haven't been in New York since I was eight years old. I mean, I knew what the Creek and Cave was, but uh-huh. I just reached out on Facebook Messenger, and she just saw it and hit me back right away. She even said, she's like, I just happened to be awake at 530 in the morning that day, too.
0: <laughs> Dude, the stars align, man. <laughs> something to yeah. it. There's no something. No
2: place there. for business hours. They're probably busy. That's uh, <laughs> exome crazy times. It's just uh, douche sprues. That is the oh, message.
1: Yep. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, it all came, like I said, it's, all, it's a lot of stars aligning and luck. That's why it's been in our press releases that I, my quote of, you know, the stars align for us to make something really cool for the scene. Mm-hmm. So, like, her and my ideals just align perfectly. Like, and same with Colton's, because we're very, we're all about the scene. We're all about, you know, the locals developing talent. Um, being welcoming and supportive of, supportive of everybody. Like, I I hate the clickiness and competitiveness of comedy, yeah. and it's all over. And it's it's been, I've been doing this for eight years. I did Wisconsin for six years before this, and I just hated that. And so what, I, I, what I've what i been trying to do, same thing with, like, how I run my open mic, how I run all my shows, is I try to uh, give as many people opportunities as possible, be as supportive and welcoming as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many new comics that are coming into town. Like, for, for example, that, that night that when I had, like, 63, I think it was, Maybe only five did comedy in Austin before that. So so many people had moved here following Rogan that you know I, I didn't like the unwelcomeness that sometimes comes with comedy. So like I would new people would come, I'd sit them right down next to me and I'd be like, "Hey, I'm going to introduce you to every single person who comes and signs up with this open mic." Uh-huh. It's developed a lot. It's developed a lot of goodwill in the scene. I mean, I even I even help people develop shows. Like even if they don't run them under rough cut, I tell them how to approach venues, how to price them, uh, how, like how to tell them like you know about the show. Um, And so I've helped a lot of the people that are running shows get their shows because, again, it's not about being competitive. I think we're all in this. We're the the island of Misfit Toys. If if somebody runs an
2: amazing show, Mm -hmm. you now get to do that show. And if you teach them how to, like, price it out and just, like, how to pay people, it's not like another glorified open mic. Like, everybody gets paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just like we all want that, like
1: we all want right. more opportunities. So. Well, and, and I mean, as Colton and I both know, there's so many bad, badly run shows across the U.S. that are just like it's just like little things like turn the TV, TVs off, push everybody close to the stage. After every single show that I have, I usually go introduce myself to every table and I'm like, thank you for coming, follow mm-hmm. Rub Cut Comedy. Like, there's just little things that like some producers don't know, like don't book 20 comedians on your show, just book like a host, three guest sets, a feature, and a headliner. I mean, it's just little. I just learned from producing i produced shows in Madison, Wisconsin for years. Mm-hmm. So I kind of figured out like what I thought for through trials and tribulations would be the right way to run shows. And it, it, it just blew up. That's why all my shows from Upcut, almost none of them have failed because it took me six you know, to eight years to figure out how to run a show the right way. And now that I do, all the shows, they just they just blow up immediately. It's been great.
0: How, how'd y'all two meet in the first place?
1: Froons. <laughs> yeah, really?
0: <laughs> no, Always uh, rooms. is the answer.
2: I was touring in, in Madison when he was still up there. And okay. he, he ran a show, and I liked the show. And I was like, oh, that's great. Uh, let's, and then he moved down here. I used to run a podcast with Marty Clark. That's him. Yeah, no, that's him. <laughs> uh, that's him. It's, it's but right I'm going to say one of the same <laughs> words. <laughs> and then I'm going to say a different word, Martin Hen. Which is a, a different person entirely, and uh, <laughs> so when he moved down here, um, oh fuck, we also made a festival, like yeah, like, oh uh, yeah, we made that shit Crazy Fest, and that's like when we like yeah. started hanging out all the time, just like texting all the time. It's like uh-huh. we made a festival in one week. Mm-hmm. It didn't ever happen because COVID. COVID?
0: Yeah, but um, yeah.
2: yeah, we we put together like 400 comedians in one week, and like got all these shows and sponsorships and whatnot. And, like to do that, you just have to like text nonstop.
1: Right, and after that, we've kind of just been like friends. Yeah, well, we knew uh, we knew that uh we could work together well because it was me, Colton, and Gabe Cavazos that put together that whole festival. We kind of put our heads together. And that's why we called it Batshit Crazy fest, uh, Festival because we you have to be Batshit Crazy to put together a comedy festival in seven days,
2: seven and we days.
1: we pulled it off. And then goddamn COVID, Gabe got uh, exposed to COVID, so we had to shut the whole thing down. But whatever, I mean, it was right after we did it because South by got canceled, and so a bunch of comedians were still coming into town. So we're like, hey, you know, South by did get canceled, but we can run like a much smaller scale comedy festival, uh, and we did. We, we pulled it off, and then like it was like two days before that we had to shut it down, but. All it taught us was that we worked really well together. I mean, even for how this club came about it, it it's like, Colton's been a part of Rough Cut. He's run shows under it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was trying to put together a business plan with Gabe to go present to people to try to line up some money. And uh, we, we needed some, some help with like, you know, the financials and he's got a little background in that.
2: A little background. He's a little background. A little, a little background. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah. So we brought him on and then, uh, yeah, and then it's kind of, we kind of just clicked ever since we have, a, we have the great, What you need in a team is, you know, your know, your roles, know what you know, and know your strengths. And between me, Colton and Rebecca, it's just worked out perfectly. It's been great.
0: That that, that is dope. So do you know how to, I mean, at this point, you produce enough shows between the two of you to know how this shit, how it works. But now you have a club where you can do whatever, I guess, whatever you want. I mean, you could throw music, you can do karaoke night. You can, I mean, you you basically have a space where you can do whatever you want, right? We're doing films in. Hmm? Go ahead. Does that take a whole different? Does that uh, take a whole different set of skills that you like? I don't know how to run a club, but now I'm gonna have to figure yeah. shit out because we have. Yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, hundred
0: <laughs> percent,
2: we, we just learned what the word "free on" means. <laughs> and and to be honest, i still don't a, know what free on we means. still
1: don't
2: know what "free on" means. <laughs> we know that it goes in copper piping for refrigerators. Yep, and I That's think you it's put, a put it in your
0: point. car so your AC works. That's all I know. We
2: don't. We don't know that. I don't know that. Is it a liquid?
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's. Uh, yeah, it, it's so that your your AC actually gets cold. I think that's why. Because I've had that problem in my, in my old car before, and I'm but like, how does it work? It's me?
1: just a liquid.
2: It's just.
0: I yeah, I guess. I think.
2: That's the thing is like, <laughs> <you just keep laughs> I, on look, man, we're just talking bikes. shit
0: here. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember <laughs> having right? that problem. My AC was not working. The guy's like, "Hey, man, you need more freon." I'm like, "The fuck is freon?" If I go to Home yeah. Depot, if I go to AutoZone right now and I said do I want some, do, do you have free on they look at me crazy it's your fault because yeah i didn't know I, uh, I was like hey make sure ac cold
2: our hvac guy our like uh, we don't know we know all these words now that i don't know before hvac is like a uh, compressor it doesn't matter <laughs> our hvac guy came in and he was like yeah something something free on I go free on no free Tibet. bet and he just looked at me like you dumb dumb motherfucker <laughs> and uh, so that's basically it's we knew nothing about running a club but it every (laughs) like it's a thousand different small decisions that you just go to an expert to solve or you just like figure it out so we don't know like we haven't even started producing shows so all of our knowledge base isn't coming into play at all (laughs) what we know is that we don't know and so we never get stuck thinking we know better we <laughs> right. just consistently go i don't know shit about that let's find somebody who does right and so we've got contractors coming in all day and yeah
1: that's pretty much my entire day is contractors while there is electricians and plumbers telling me well if you use an h bracket here you're gonna need this thing. and i'm just like i don't know what you're saying just fucking do it yeah
2: look every day you learn something new we're doing it the same way I order a restaurant
1: where I'm like, whatever
2: you <laughs> like it, it's like that way.
1: Do that. It's like if I went to like, a, I've never been to a Thai restaurant. So if I went to a Thai restaurant, I would just point or be like, just give me what you eat. Yeah. What I do you know. eat? And like, I would do
2: that. Yeah. What, some of the things that we do know, like uh, we're doing a bunch of like crazy art installations and like neon lights and uh-huh. like and. It's, it's the type of thing where that is coming into play. Cause like if you travel the country at all doing comedy, like you've been in so many bad rooms right? mm-hmm. and you have the opportunity to change things, like change the seats, change the lighting, change the like way that the sound plays off or like how do you enter? How, like all of those tiny little things mm-hmm. add up. And you know, we don't know anything about chairs, just like I've sat in them before, and like I hate some chairs. Some chairs are good, but but it's like having the opportunity to like sit in a chair and make that your experience.
0: Did Rebecca right. give you directions on like? There's the look and feel to the creek in the cave back in New York, and. Are you trying to recreate that? or are trying to give it like a oh, Austin no, no, no no, 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 or whatever you want. Yeah,
2: the basement yeah, for... is not going to be. Uh, does not, we're not. We're not going to bring the piss smell from the basement. <laughs> uh, we're going to leave that one in New York.
0: <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, good idea.
2: Yeah. So, but we brought the marquee down. So we're doing mm-hmm. a lot of like homages to New York. Like we're going to have New York style hot dogs. We're going to mm-hmm. have the New York marquee. But like outside is gonna feel like Avatar Acid Trip, and like we're gonna do we're bringing back the pinballs. In fact, the pinball machines are are gonna like inform the front room, and it's gonna be this like neon lighted thing, and then the inside is gonna be the cave. So a lot of it's going to be, you know, respectful of of the past, but it's also like very new, super Austin. Our whole goal in creating the space is like. Making something cool for South by Southwest, so like we're gonna build like stadium seating so that we can do some like cool uh, shows, and we're gonna do some.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what sort we're of thinking is like uh, we, we we want what we want to do is be supportive in the community too. That's that's gonna be a big part of it. So we want to do like some youth out, outreach. We want to do some like child friendly shows and like brunches and stuff. But then we're also drag brunch every Sunday. Oh, drag brunch every
2: Sunday. Oh my, we're god. Be, oh
1: my god! We're gonna bring in. <laughs> Tools for gay pride
2: and it's gonna make like a crazy like you have marty you
0: have an ally next to you you have no idea what he's gonna be bringing (laughs) and it's gonna be dope though. oh my
1: god it's gonna it's gonna be crazy that's it that's what's great about our our roles is because like Colton and rebecca are kind of like they focus on the visions and like how it's supposed to look then i focus on opening up on time (laughs) that's that's my that's my main focus because i'm I'm also colorblind so like i can't really help with a lot of stuff (laughs) right yeah watch this
0: so watches or what, what what was it about uh about comedy in the first place i mean you're saying you, you were started in mad in madison uh wisconsin yeah. colton you've been all over the world from what i from what i understand in france yep in Ger- i mean in france i speak french too so i gotta i grew, I I to grew up off. i grew up there so when i when i when uh when i found out that you know you were in france and you were modeling and everything and then germany i forgot all my german by the way i took four years of it that shit is gone um yeah but like what what was the uh the the comedy light bulb i would say for you guys early on
2: i don't think it's anything but a compulsion i i don't think when people are like oh wow you work so hard you do this every night i'm like if i don't do this every night I get anxious. Like I turn into like a not fun person. Um, I, I turn into that person who's just like constantly like berating people with jokes. And it's like, please stop. Like you're so annoying. Um, like plumbers and bartenders. Mm-hmm. I'm for you. you joke too much. You joke too much. you minute. it. Um,
0: uh, you're a bad guy.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it was like I had to, but it's kind of like what medium do you choose? Like, I started it off, I did one open mic, and I realized my shit was so fucking weird, and I had no idea how to translate that into stand-up. So I did UCB sketch writing and improv. I did The Groundlings at Impact Theater um, for three years before I ever did stand-up. And then I blew out my knee playing rugby, and I couldn't move around and be silly. So I decided to stand around and be...
0: The Cracking Joe's on the <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what about you, Marty? What What was the the spark?
1: Sure. So, um, I just I, I just really didn't, didn't really have any direction in my life. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I kind of like I went to college for six years. Failed out twice. I didn't know. <laughs> so I kept switching my major. I didn't know if I wanted to go engineering. I thought business maybe because like I knew I was good at talking to people, so I know I'd be pretty good at sales. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that. I also didn't want to sit in a cubicle. I hate cubicles i hate looking at computers but my background was really in finance so i did like a little bit of accounting and then i helped start the um the company eatstreet.com it's just like grubhub mm-hmm. so i was their cfo and so I, I like in college i did a lot of entrepreneurship so i started like six companies so that was kind of my background which just helped a lot with this uh, venture on um, but then i don't know i was just in college i kind of got pushed out of that company by my friends which sucks but i was just kind of i didn't know i had no direction and then my um i was always also the guy who like my favorite thing in the world was uh, after you go out for like a night of drinking, you know, maybe you you have a one night stand or whatever. My favorite thing in the world was telling my buddies about that after. We'd all sit in like, live with like nine dudes at the University of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. We'd all sit in a big circle and then we'd just, you know, smoke weed and talk about our nights. And I would always kind of just like hold court and tell stories. And so my friend, uh, Ben Cooper, actually, he was the one who finally just convinced me to do it. There was an open mic in Madison, Wisconsin uh, at Comedy on State. There's one club in Madison, it's Comedy on State. It's one of the best clubs in the nation. Um, there was an open mic and he just convinced me to do it once I went and uh, I, I did surprisingly I did did really well my first time. And then it just, I just got goosebumps and I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. I was like, this is what I have to do. And then I kind of, from there, there was only, like I said, one club in Madison, which is an amazing club. Mm -hmm. When I started, there was maybe only two open mics a week and then maybe one monthly show. So that's where my production comes in. Then I was like, oh, we need more stage time. If you want to get good at comedy, you need to get on stage as much as possible. So then I started my, another open mic, started a couple shows and then those started snowballing. And then when I left Madison, I opened up, I kind of turned this room. I don't, I don't want to call it a comedy club. It was more just like a residency, but we were running shows like every night of the week. So I kind of turned this into like a little tiny indie scene comedy club. Um, and so that's, that's why the whole produce, producing kind of came to. And then two years ago, I, uh, I moved down to Austin, Texas and Joe Rogan followed me. You know, that's the story. Oh, you,
0: you called him up and you're like, yo man, you need to come down here. This is where it's at.
1: You know, he called me up and he's, he's like it seems like you're booming down there and I was like yeah you gotta come down here Joe and then he said all right but yeah you, only if you give me back my helicopter and I was like okay Joe Rogan okay uh, Joe uh, I call him Joe that's what I call him
2: sometimes I call him Joey but I was in a float tank and uh, some stranger got in and I'm like dude I'm floating here and he he's like you ever had DMT yeah and he invited me back to his house for. Uh, a casual uh, talk about it. I'll stop lying what's going on do you have a crush <laughs> do you
0: have a crush on Joe Rogan let's just admit oh no no, I'm good. not just. type <laughs>
2: no, i I mean unless he's, unless he did, did he say something
0: <laughs> I, I, I don't know I can call him and find out I don't know <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know Colton you're gonna know him trust me hey, yeah, you, you, you know. will you will
1: you're you will. know him. Well, he's about. He's been talking about the creek in a cave on this podcast, like the last like four of
0: them or something like that. There you go. That's that's. I mean, look, you get the you get the Rogan bump, and you're you're good to go. I mean, of course, like you know, I think this is a recurring theme with everybody moving here and and all that, which is great. And 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 I think like I started a couple of years ago, but all in all, it's only been like maybe nine months to a year, maybe something like that. Um, mm. and um. And when I and I've t- and I've talked to I've talked to I've had Kate on the show I've had Rob from the Roma Room on the show and and it it always struck me when people start talking about how clickish the the scene gets and how people just talk shit I'm like who are these people because everybody that I've met are like yo this we're all in this together like we're all hustling we're all like it's a grind everybody knows the grind you got to get on stage I get that. You know, you put out the the sign up sheet, and everybody just huddles up and trying to trying to get on. Or you have to introduce yourself to the host, and you know you go first time you go, you're gonna go last. We get all that, but the idea that now that there's actual space and and real and momentum, that there's people who are still like, nah, fuck that. I don't want to work with you. I don't want to be. I I, I really don't get. Especially in Austin, I've been here 23 years, and if something that's proper to Austin is that. If you're it if you're hustling, you're bound to meet the right people, and you're gonna be collaborating somehow. Especially if you're in, t- in entertainment, you're in music, you're in art or whatever. Um, it's just it's organic. Hey, how can I help you? Hey, I want to help you. And to right. see people from out of town coming here and having that same mentality, and yeah, there's some motherfuckers here that go, "No, we don't do that. Fuck that." I'm like, I don't know who these people are. You don't have to name yeah, names. No, no,
2: that's a bait. That's a bait. Don't say. Oh, it. I'm not <laughs> Yeah. Anybody. Nope. Trap. no
0: nope. that's a a trap no 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 look I, I i get it i i'm just i'm just saying that it, it's it, it's weird to, to to still hear people well, uh, like,
1: right yeah, you know what that's 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 like most scenes it's comedy is kind of clicky because it's, it's like like a lot of people get into comedy because we're all socially awkward we're a bunch of weirdos and then you know you find your group of friends, and then then you you don't want to let go of that. You're like, you know what? I found my group of friends. I have my right. shows that I do, and you don't want to let go of that. And so, like, I understand where it comes from. I get it, and it's very territorial. um But at the same time, like I said, since it's kind of Austin has such a great uh, had such a great comedy scene before COVID. would like, I mean, that's really what brought me down here. And so, uh but it, we're also it's changing a lot right now because I mean, like, Cap City's coming back, but then there's going to be probably like you know four or five comedy clubs by this time next year. And like a lot of the shows, there's not many of the shows that were happening pre-COVID. Um and so like I said, with with it being, you know, of the sixty-five comedians at my open mic, only five were here pre-COVID. And so like like I said, I've known that. I know that about comedy scenes. They're very clicky and they're very unwelcoming sometimes. And like it's like, like
2: it's pretty understandable. I mean right. a lot of people think they know that their version of comedy is comedy. And so they think that they know comedy. So yeah. when they see something different, their brain usually goes like, Oh, you're not your hack, or like, oh no, I hate him. <laughs> like, but it's like <laughs> I'm doing something different. Like, I, I don't I've never done anything bad, you know,
1: right ever, well, I would say. Right. Well, that's... I'm applying for <laughs> I'm applying I mean, for You're gonna be They canonized. There's, canonized. No, there,
0: there's no secret formula. The only formula is get on fucking stage. That that is it.
1: That's really what it is. It comes you down of rap.
0: You can you can read as many books as you want, take as many classes as you want, but and write as much as you want, but until you get on that stage and trying to make people laugh, like I, you can't, you don't. Uh, anyway, I'm just I'm just ranting. But yeah, here, here's, here's what I think:
2: tools mm-hmm. that that you can just like read a comic. And it's like, oh, you're trying to do this. Oh, you're trying to do that. I see where you're going with this, right. but I mean, it ultimately like. Finding your voice, no one else can do that except for you. So, like, why would I hate anybody for trying to find
1: their voice? Like, it's crazy. Right, right. Well, and I mean, everyone's bad at comedy, especially the first year you're doing it. It's like, oh, yeah. I mean, everyone's bad. That's how it works. You're not going to get good for a, while, a long time. And so, yeah, I, I never. It's not about being, like, unwelcoming or territorial. It's just like, you know what? They're bad. You were bad. Like, I was bad when I first started. Everyone's bad when they first started. It's few and far between that you find somebody who's really good when they first get started. No I can't word. name one person. Ooh. Then,
2: the okay. first as guy. I said that, Aziz Sari apparently was, like, instantly good. Really? Really? Like, he'd been doing sketch and writing forever. Yeah. So, so he had it was like, Bo- piece then.
1: Then it was like Bo Burnham. He was great. Because he
2: got big off YouTube in, like, 18 or something like that. Oh, Bo Burnham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, he's still, I, I, like, the actor. He doesn't, I don't really consider that stand-up, even though it, it You know, I just said yeah. the thing that I said that I wouldn't say. But
1: uh, he's more, like, <laughs> You hear that, Bo Burnham? <laughs> yeah, but if you ever the listen to this, Bo... You
2: make plays. You don't do stand-up. <laughs> it's good plays. I like it. It's weird, and that's fun. But it's not... It's not traditional
0: stand-up. Right. Well, I mean, even... I, I personally, I'm not a huge fan of Aziz personally because it's like you tell jokes and he just screams the punchline every time and I'm like uh, I don't know if it I, I the thing is I I've consumed so much comedy in 30 years French comedy growing up in France and American comedy now that I'm here it that I've kind of become a snob a little bit where like I, I when I listen I I I when I watch um comedy whether in person or uh on TV it's like I pay attention to like the, the, the techniques, I would say, you know, where's the tag, where's the punchline. Oh, there was a pause here. Oh, there was some uh, gesture over here. Oh, right. he, uh, you know, did a backflip or what Or saying, whatever it is. But I'm like, I get so caught up in the, in the technique that sometimes the joke would just go over my head. I'm like, okay, all you're doing is screaming into the mic or you tell yeah, the yeah, story yeah. and then you act it out. I'm like, I already know what you're going to do. So, so right. I, and, and, but the process of it all, I think, is, is is what's really interesting. It's it's I think of it like a puzzle.
1: Yeah, right, right. Well, and it's it's tough not not to get a little bit jaded by watching so much comedy. I mean, like I yeah. I still love watching comedy. I, I like watching the I have to watch the open mics to kind of see who I want to book kind on of some stuff. But I uh, I mean I I don't other than some of my favorite comics, I don't really watch a lot of comedy like in my free time anymore. Like you know like comedy specials or anything because
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's my whole life now. I do I spend twenty four seven thinking about it, doing it. And so if I'm, you know, I've, I've kind of gotten away. It's just, and I've seen a lot of people do that. You know, once you get five years into comedy, it's just like, you know, I, I don't want to watch it open mic. You know, it's it's tough. It's, I I don't watch any
2: open mic, but I will listen if the crowd interrupts me thinking or doing something by laughing. I'll go right. like, oh, they like you. What's going on with you? Right. Like, I won't watch a fucking.
0: No, it's tough. Do you don't I mean, even I, do them? I, do you even do them anymore? I do them. Okay.
2: It's usually I say that I won't, and then I'll start drinking, and then I'm like, all right, <laughs> all
0: right, give me the mic. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, also, I mean, open mics in general are always just like the worst. I mean, it's just you have to do them, and they're 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 great for what they are, and they're great for meeting people. But like in terms of comedy, it's just like, ooh, it's like because like it's minus four hours worth of you know people doing three four minute sets or whatever, and it's just. It gets long. It's exhausting. I can't believe people that non-comics come to open mics every time. I'm
0: just like, you're gonna say comics Yeah,
1: yeah, like non-comics. Yeah.
0: You know, it's. Uh, I think that the people who come to open mics, like just as like audience, they're just either they co- well either they comedy fans they just stumble into it and they watch a couple of guys and they go okay this is horrible and they walk <laughs> out. Like I've I've run into I went to a, a mic at, uh, I think it was yeah it was a Shenanigans. And it was only like four of us on the list. And then I met, ran to this guy in the bathroom and then he's like, he's like, Hey, are you a comic? I'm like, Oh, I guess trying to be, I'm about to go up or whatever. And he goes, well, wow, man, I've been here. I've been, I was here last week and it was horrendous, man. These guys are not polished at all. I'm like, you don't understand how this shit works. Do you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> That's the whole That's point. The <laughs>
0: it's, it's the whole point. A hobo can stumble into here and then get on the microphone and, and talk. You could do it. Yeah, yeah you could do it, it, so it, it <laughs> exactly if you want to see some like legit shit go to a showcase but this is an open mic people work i out feel something.
2: like the audience members that go to open mics are the people that think that it's brave to do it yeah but they're like oh my gosh i could All never these <laughs> local people just doing it right i just get
1: so i i wouldn't know what to say because
0: like well these people
1: say anything <laughs> <laughs> right i mean and comic comedians it's it's in my mind, it's like infectious to be around comedy and comedians, and so like I know some non-comics. I do come to open mics and stuff, but it's just like comedians I are just the best people in the world. Like we're all we're all weirdos. <laughs> we don't take life seriously. We can laugh at everything. Like we're we all party pretty hard. Like that's we're the best to hang out with. That's why I, I mean I love comedy for itself, but I always knew that I was I knew that that I was lucky. Once I started hanging out with comedians, I was just like, oh, these are the people I want to be around. It's hard for me to hang out with non-comedians now, to be honest.
0: You know what? <laughs> like when that, you realize your bad. friends are boring. What? <laughs> when you realize your friends are boring and your coworkers are boring.
1: Yeah, Nick Welker. No. <laughs> sorry. No, <you're>, sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's
2: true because you're would, like... You know. Um, uh, uh, Carl Cole. You son of a bitch. Put, okay, what <laughs> boring, motherfucker. <laughs> it's not that you're boring. You, it doesn't yeah. matter. Hey, I like Carl? That, Carl Cole, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I'm not kidding at all. These are <laughs> Dave forgets had a good joke uh that was something like um uh like you you always laugh at your friends like you always laugh at your friends but you don't laugh at me ever he's like yeah well uh i hang out with professional fucking comedians like
1: <laughs> what are you talking about right <laughs> like the best people at it too well, that's what's been so cool about like having Rebecca down here and talking to her so much because, I mean, she's, like, just great friends with some of the best comedians in the world. Like, she she produced Colin Quinn's special. I mean, she's, oh. one of her best friends in the world is Big J Oakerson, Ari Shafia. Yeah. Some of the best at the craft. It's amazing. to say somebody famous just like, oh, I saw their special
2: and she'll just, like, look, like, like, lovingly, like, Oh, I love them! <laughs> <laughs> <All right.
1: laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
2: like, oh my God, they're such a sweetheart. I have a really fun story about that. Let me tell you it right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's she's the best. We are the we best. are so lucky. That's what, that's we. I would have never. Not, I don't mean, either of us would have ever even considered doing a club by ourselves or with anybody else. But like, it just worked out so well that we see eye to eye with her, and she's just amazing. And we love her personality, and she's just. She's a ball busty New Yorker and I love it. I love her so much. I cannot stop talking <laughs> about her because I love her so much.
0: She's the best. I mean I, uh, I, I can't I, wait. I I think there's something about like New York comedy is my favorite kind of comedy. If if you were to like, mm. you know, LA versus New York, you know, Chicago right. in the middle, but the the, the ball I'm bust one big little rock
1: Arkansas guys. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> right? As like I said, I'm a big Little Rock, Arkansas guy. That's my
0: favorite kind of comedy. Mine is Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> you know, <I'm> <laughs> the best Guantanamo <laughs> Bay comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Every <laughs> Sunday night. I <laughs> like that urban tree. scene. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, there's, there's, something, there's something to say about it, because there, there's there's a culture in New York where you just bust balls all day. You're hanging out with, with folks. I mean, I I, I, was, uh, I was a huge fan of... Um, uh, tough crowd oh yeah. Comedy yeah Central. i just watched the if you haven't watched the patrice o'neill uh documentary it's fucking dope he's he's my top top comedian um but yep. like how you can get to hang around people and you just bust balls all day and i'm like dude I, mm-hmm. who, who do i know i can do that with
2: right <laughs> right i mean Honestly. it's because life in new york is fucking hard <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah. like asking people like how they are they're like well, it took me an hour to get here. Like, it takes people 20 minutes and they're like, the traffic's so hard here. That's true. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and, and, and like, I mean, that just makes, like, you just care less. Like, people will say something really offensive to you. And instead of being like, this matters, you're like, Somebody shit in my driveway
1: this morning. <laughs> you know, like, there's a person, you know, I almost got jerked off on a subway next to me. Somebody somebody,
0: jumped in front of the subway train. Now we got to get his body out. and I'm late for work. This motherfucker okay. had to do I it today.
2: To <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah. Seriously. So like, you get, like, grow thick skin, you know, like stop complaining so much. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's the right tone to say. No, it is. It is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. Stop complaining so much. Well I'm complaining yeah, about but, yeah. No, but it, it, it's true. I think that you, you grow this thick skin when you're in these big cities. And I'm thinking like even uh, I mean you lived in, in Paris for a little bit. Did you see a little bit of that too? Because Paris motherfuckers are harsh as fuck too. And, oh, room. Yeah. and I mean I, look, I was with like, my
2: girlfriend and she was she's been modeling in Paris for like three years, and some um, dudes just came up and like grabbed her by the pussy, literally grabbed her by the pussy. And she was like, get the fuck off me. And we just kept walking. I was like, are we supposed to call the cops? She was like, nah, she's a thing. And I was like.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's French. That's so what we do. Yeah.
2: She was sure. like, hey, kind of just do that sometimes. Tons. Anyways, what do you want? What? Noodles? <laughs> like, Did I was like, I'm still hungry. Yes, but
1: like, <laughs> shouldn't we call the cops? <laughs> like, nah. I got groped by a homeless lady today. She came. What? I was outside with a welder. And he, uh, this lady came up and she was like. She's like, yeah. she's like, you have to water my plants. And I was like, well, what plants? And she's apparently schizophrenic. But she was like, she's like, you gotta water my plants. And she gave me all like, she put these two things in my hands, which turned out to be ramen noodle packets. She put them <laughs> in my hands. She's like, here, take these. And I was like, I don't I'm just like, take them. And she just hands them to me. And when I have them in my hand, she just grabs me by the dick. Just whew. and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then she just like thank you and walked away. Wow. Thank you. Uh,
2: for the Thank record, you we did not throw away those ramen packets. They are sitting on <laughs> the fucking counter. I do not eat them. eat
1: them. Do not throw them. the trash can. Now nah, I'm
2: going to eat them.
1: Nah, no. get, have some <laughs> mushrooms <laughs>
0: and then eat them and have a <laughs> <Yeah>. story.
1: <laughs> if I eat mushrooms again, I'm opening up another club. <laughs> 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 We're expanding before we
0: <laughs> Wait, so them. So, so now, like, you're, I mean, you're you know deep into this uh opening this club and producing everything how much time do you have to actually go and perform since you we're doing it every, so every, every night
1: <laughs> every night
0: you still get we're to
2: go so fucking tired i yeah. mean it's I mean, going to be 7:30 to like le- let in the contractors we're here all yeah. day just like taking meetings and then uh, we start drinking around <laughs> five, which is, you know, no. right now. Yeah. And uh, I have a show at WTF in about an hour and a half.
1: Yeah. And I have a show at Lucky Duck um, with Jason Rouse headlining and at 8 p.m. tonight. So, yeah, every single night we still
0: perform. Uh, okay, let, let, me, let me ask y'all this because I've been, I've been trying to... I had S.P. Revisionera on last week uh, from New York. She was in Austin. She, she moved back and I was like... When, when you're that deep into comedy, it's like there's no room for anything else. Yeah. Because I would assume that you had passions before comedy came around, whether it's... I mean, uh, be surprised. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> no. <laughs> <"Well>, <laughs> now is that just it? Like, <laughs> what, what would be a distraction, you think? Like, if you're not doing this, or if you want to just chill out, besides sleeping or smoking or
2: fucking... Well, I almost took a job uh, doing oh. data science. Yeah. I was supposed to start this week, but luckily, and this is going to sound weird, I failed the drug test. <laughs> uh,
0: but How is that but, weird? It's expected. But,
2: but it's not. It's because they didn't find any drugs. They just kept them being like, stop drinking so much water. And I was like, I didn't drink any water today. But usually... And I was also was like, it's not water, it's Bud Light, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't be stupid. <laughs> idiot. And so then I said, I was, I was like, can I just shit in the cup? And she was mad at me that I was willing to be flexible about my drug test because I knew that she wasn't going to find anything. And then the company was just like, yeah, you can't work here. I was like, why? Because I just drink too much water? That's
1: bullshit. Yeah. If you, drink, if you drink enough Bud Light, you start peeing camouflage. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I believe
2: project. it. I guess I didn't pass, so
1: never mind.
0: <laughs> Wait. So would you would you have taken a job if 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 it came down to it? If you had passed? Yeah, uh, this is on a
2: podcast. <laughs> this is on a podcast, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I would have done a wonderful job, and I would have dedicated all of the time that that I lead to. So you have to
0: release that because that's what i said <laughs> <laughs> oh this is i'm 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 gonna cut just this clip <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you. you send it to them because it's true <laughs> no, no,
0: look i i i don't i don't even believe it but like it's it, it's uh like know said it, it it is a grind you got to get up there you got to you know i mean in your shoes produce get on stage produce get on stage uh but what else would what else would you do? Like how? What other things do you, are you into? If I said, okay, Marty, we get it. You're in comedy. You're doing this, culting YouTube. But what? What else about you? I would say I train dogs. There you go, <laughs> fucking son of a bitch. There you go. That's an answer. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, Colt. I know you lived like 20 different lives already. So okay, add one. Train dogs for a Jesus. living, <laughs> or for the fuck of it? Are you serious? Uh,
2: I mean, I watch my mom's dog, and he's a bit of a dick, so I have to train him. But yeah. uh, that's the extent of that.
0: that <laughs> that's year. it, Marty. What 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 else would you what else would you enjoy doing besides comedy?
1: Uh, <laughs> there isn't much. I mean, I like for like during lockdown or whatever. Like when I was I was unemployed, and I mean, nothing. <laughs> Call okay. of Duty. Can I change my answer? Yeah, there you go. You can that
0: that myself. see that makes sense if you told me you picked up knitting or you started chess or you started doing cartoons or
2: whatever i was 16 years old i used to crochet hats and sell them i also i also know how
1: to knit i believe (laughs) (laughs) that is probably the truest thing i've said all day (laughs) (laughs) yeah i do know how to knit my mom taught me and i'm pretty good at it Uh, i don't really there isn't much else honestly i mean like I love you know like everybody. It's gonna sound like a basic girl, but like I love watching Netflix. Um, I don't. I like I. It's, I like drinking. I, I need to socialize. That's what really hurt the most about lockdown. Is if I don't socialize, I start going crazy and talking to myself, mm-hmm. and it gets gets crazy. Like my roommates told me a couple of times, they're like, "Yeah, we heard you talking to yourself the other day," and I'm like, "I'm so bored." Because um, I mean, like I said, I didn't like finance, which I was in before this. Um, I love comedy. I like. I'm a big drinker. I'm from Wisconsin. I really enjoy good beer. Um, I do like I like sports. I mean, you know, big Packer fan, Bucks fan, Brewers fan. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's not much. It's pretty much just comedy. I mean, it's like it's like on Kill Tony when they ask you like, "What else about you?" and you're just like, "Uh, uh, "Yeah, that's actually." I would just
2: no, I'm not going to admit it. (laughs)
0: Uh, 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 uh. I have another (laughs) clip for you. Go for it.
2: Well, then I'll say what I was going to say, anyways. Go ahead, Um, say it. I'm really into the Ottoman Empire and pirates <laughs> and um, yeah. ancient Mesopotamia, and these are all true things. And I spend a lot of my time reading history books. There you go. Yeah. So some, it's
0: not a some fun hobby.
2: answer.
0: No, it doesn't yeah. ma- it, it doesn't matter. I mean, I never. So think, that's exactly why. I don't think that knitting is it. fun. Yeah. <laughs> <tried it. laughs> why
2: well,
1: we don't talk about it because it really doesn't matter, right? <laughs> no, it's it, but I can say kids. I also I forgot I forgot to mention I also do love cooking. I'm a, I'm Italian and I worked I was worked in kitchens before. I worked in restaurants and bars for years as like mm-hmm. my day job and so that's what I did over quarantine was I perfected my uh, my fried chicken recipe. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make a I make a delicious linguini alla bolognese. It's delicious.
2: Bolognese.
0: I'm going to tell you. italiano. <laughs> no, eh, no, no. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> Yep. Mm-hmm. Actually, cool. I've been
1: a, I've been to Paris twice. I lived in Italy for like six months, um, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I, I traveled up there. I gotta tell you, I like Italy way better than than France, but it was okay. It was oh,
0: fun. we're gonna have to talk. Why is that?
1: Because he's poor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm what, like uh, the yes, yes, Spanish yeah
0: <laughs> yes yeah. What did the French people do to you?
1: They were just mean to me. Because I, I I speak Italian uh, English and Spanish, and so like I, I spoke Italian, and I just kept not saying we like when I was in taxis and shit. I just kept saying c, and mm-hmm. they kept getting, they were so rude to me, and I was like, I'm sorry. Like I can I could even understand a decent amount of French, but like they were so mean to me, and I was just like, I don't know. They're, like the Italians are so nice. You walk up to them, and it's like American. Come on over here. Let's get drunk. What do you want? And, you're, and the French people were like, oh, fucking American. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, uh,
0: you know, you know what? When I when I go back. I have a much better time, and people help me way more when I speak English than when I speak French.
1: Yeah <clears throat>
0: It which is weird. so like um one time I went um I was looking for a movie theater, and I get out the subway, I didn't have like internet on my phone or whatever. I was there on, you know I went back on vacation, but uh, I get out the subway and I'm looking for a movie theater, and I ask in French, I walk around asking people in French, Where where cinema you do?" And they all looked at me like, motherfucker, you supposed to know. You look like you live here. You're supposed to know what a movie theater is. Nobody would answer me. And uh-huh. so I'm walking, I run into one of those like visitor kind of office thing for tourists. And I go in and I put on my 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 best American accent and I'm like, <laughs> excuse me, sir, I am looking for the movie theater. <laughs> And he looked at me, he goes, oh, yes, the movie theater, all you have to do, uh, you go outside, uh, you go down the stairs, uh, take a left, and you, and you go all the way, and you see it. <coughs> and on my way out, on my way out, it was in the mall, on the ground mall, and on, on my way out, the the, the the mall closed on me. I was stuck in the mall. Oh. And there was a door, I, I, I started walking around in the mall, I was stuck. There's a door, I open the door and up in this alley and there's a, there's a truck and I, I knock on the truck and I say in English, hey, I'm lost. Uh, I'm looking for the exit. I don't know what the hell's happening. They shut the door on me and the guy just yelled at me in French.
1: Really? <laughs> he yelled
0: at me in French and I know exactly what he was like, you motherfucker, like you yelled at me. <laughs> and I knew that if I spoke in French once, they would have booked my ass. Really? Yes, because the French are racist motherfuckers.
1: <laughs> that oh, I, yeah, they are. They I are mean,
0: good. every right. everywhere I went, when I went to clubs, I, I would walk around. I would speak. I would order my drinks in English because they all thought, oh, I'm 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 African American, so I gotta know, you know, I don't know I, I know Chris Rock or I know Fifty Cent or seriously, they did. I told them like, yeah, I know DJ Premier is a boy of mine or whatever. And everywhere, uh-huh. I went, I well, and if I spoke in French once, they would have treated me like shit.
1: Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Weird. the French are assholes. I do agree with you on that.
2: <laughs> okay, there we go. My favorite thing was to be like to just because I was just like dressed very Parisian at the time. Uh uh-huh. I was modeling. So uh my favorite thing was like when American tourists would come up in their fucking big old Texan star shit or their fucking like they don't like that Hatter's jacket and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? And they were like, Pardon, moi a Metro. And every time I, I, was always just like, "As hey, you say, as say." Hey, uh, metro, la metro, I'm like, ah, titura, titura. Like, every time I just love giving the bad directions, oh, uh, it made me feel fun. Yeah, so I think being an asshole is fun. Maybe
1: you yeah, try something. it is. And, and, well, I mean, I, and I, that's why I, I understand it because, like, they're Americans are sometimes the worst, and so I get it why they'd be angry, especially yeah, like tourist be, Americans walk around in crocs and like, don't dude. turn to or whatever. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. No, they're like
0: speak English motherfucker I'm in your country but you speak English to me yeah. if you try yeah. they, they'll give you props for trying like at a restaurant or whatever but otherwise if you'd be in the obnoxious like red white and blue American with your hat yeah. on and your, mm. your Hawaiian shirt it's not gonna it's not, gonna, not, it's gonna
1: not go. good
2: Dean Sandfield Dean Sandfield change yourself okay come on Dean get your shit together at least in Paris uh, yeah, my mom got. I don't want to tell a story, but she got engaged. okay.
0: Stop saying that, just tell the story.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not gonna my say mom that. But... Got engaged in Paris,
0: uh-huh.
2: um, she went with her Texan Carl Kolb, and he is a five four man who wears cowboy boots. who's like, <laughs> uh, but they got off the uh, the train to, to come into Paris at Charles de Gaulle, and um. They set their bag down <laughs> and like their backpack and like all their things like a fucking idiot tourist. And some guy just like comes and sprays makeup in my mom's face. And then some other guy was like, "I have a towel for you." And Carl was like, "No, you don't put it to wipe it off. I'll wipe it off her." And then they stole his fucking backpack. <laughs> dad, <of> course, <laughs> a bad tourist <laughs> and a fucking idiot. <laughs> Hey, his iPad, $5,000 in cash, Ooh. his phone, his uh, camera, and <laughs> his grandma's wedding ring. Oh, <laughs> Carl. God damn. Carl. That's it a hot also Some people go like, oh, I don't know about travel. He put glass in my mom's bed when they broke up, so uh, he's a bit of a dick, but a lawyer, so he got away with it. Pretty cool.
0: Pretty privileged. Pretty cool. So you tell Italians do none of this?
2: Italians do none
0: of this?
1: Oh, no. No, no. We're we're not emotional or anything like that. Yeah. We never get emotional. Italians don't steal shit. No, they don't do do any of
0: that. No, they don't call you asshole. If you call you asshole, it's a term of endearment.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. We don't do organized crime
0: at all. No, 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 no. It's just, you know, Italians being Italians, that's what they do. That's what they do. (laughs)
1: i love my i have have a big italian family i have like i have like 43 cousins now or something like that uh mostly on my mom's side that's the italian side Uh and they are uh it's crazy i mean but like our our holidays and stuff my mom and her sisters just like stay in the kitchen the entire time making food and this is like like, talking the whole time i love my my italian heritage i am very very i'm not like overly proud of it but i'm proud of it i love it
0: I like if if you're not that, from that that family that talk shit all the time family to where especially if you have a lot of siblings and you're trying to stand out a little bit you want to be the you know the wise the young if the youngest that needs attention is like oh look at me look at me I'm a crack jokes all the time and then that's that's a lot of like background stories of comedians that's where they came from like look I needed attention when I was a kid I wasn't getting it so I was yeah. I was the asshole in the family because I wanted I wanted that attention.
1: Right. Well, you're talking to two of them right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, really? Very, yeah. We, well, we have very kind of, kind of similar backgrounds, like family wise. Like, I have, I have an older sister and two younger brothers. I was the oldest boy. And it was, uh, yeah, I was kind of vying for attention, making jokes. I got, I, the, I think that's the way I got funny was watching my mom and her sisters, mm-hmm. like, just people watch. That's what I did. They'd sit at the mall. They were all from Michigan. They'd sit to the mall in Michigan for like hours. And then we just make up stories about the people walking by. Oh, And That's, yes. that's, that's how I got funny, I think.
0: That is the best. You too, Colton?
2: Uh, I'm the third oldest brother, but uh, no, not third oldest brother, two older girls, and then me, and then my youngest brother. And I just remember, oh, we, they, oh, like, my dad would make up the nicknames that they fucking called me. They're like, hey, kids, we should all call Colton GT because he doesn't <laughs> brush his teeth. So we're going to call him Green Tea. I'm like, why don't you fucking just, like, stop shaming me, bro, and, like, teach me some fucking skills. And then, you know, one time I was just, like, rushing and put on uh, my sister's pants, and they were just turned up to be bell-bottoms. So he was like, oh, you're a bell-bottom boy. British bell-bottom boy. Just, like, stuff like that. Little did he know. Little did he it's know. did come out gay. Little British bottom gay boy was way more accurate. <laughs> he should have called me faggot just once, and he was <laughs> a been not- uh, if you had my dad, he would have been called it. <laughs> uh, Yeah, but I, I remember that moment uh, when I was like, oh, funny's gonna get me attention because mm-hmm. my sister always used to get all the fucking laughs. I never got any laughs. Like, I felt like they all fucking kind of hated me. I had big teeth and I did look weird. <laughs>
0: but uh, that was. You come like, a long way. Like, shit.
2: <laughs> And thank you. It grew into my teeth. Uh, <laughs> I just remember doing some like accent and I'm sure that it wouldn't fucking age well. The 90s weren't, you know, teaching kids how to how to be delicate. Uh, but I think it was probably like like a poo or something like not a, from the Simpsons, the poo. Um, <laughs> and I just remember like my whole family was like just laughing in the van. We're in a fucking minivan. And my sister like, like lent forward to be like, I used to be the funny one. And I just remember elbowing her so hard. And I felt her, <laughs> well, now I am. Don't think about it. It was just so competitive for like any emotion. Yeah. Uh, I remember my, like, like hugging my dog. Like mm-hmm. for a I didn't never get any hugs from my family at all, ever. Did and I remember, I remember, like, hugging my dog. And my dad was like, stop making out with the dog. <laughs> I was like, isn't this a sign I need
1: love? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. We could all use some love.
0: <laughs> God, no, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, mean, kind of, kind
1: of, I had a similar situation. My, my, I mean, uh, you know, he's my dad, but he wasn't around uh, the entire time when I was a kid. So I, uh, I was always vying for attention, vying for love. And then I got—I was a small kid for a long time, so I got the shit beat out of me. I got bullied a lot when I was growing up, and so that's how I—that's how I got good at roasting because I knew I couldn't beat anybody up. I couldn't do anything physically, but I knew I could hurt people with my words. And so I could pick out like the little thing they're insecure about, and that's how I got—that's how I got into roasting, which has led me to my roast battle and down the road of comedy.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I had a when I was in the in middle school back in France, like I was. I was that kid too. I was just talk shit to everybody. But I would fit in every every click in the middle school. I could, I could just go in. People were like, no, hang out with these people. I'm like, no, I can't go anywhere. But I remember my friends sitting me down. I was like twelve years old. And they went, Yo, back, you need to come to fuck down with these jokes. Cause you make people <laughs> cry. <laughs> they don't tell you to their face, but you make people cry. You gotta stop. And I'm like, All right, I'll be, I'll be more chill. And at the time I could I, I could I could dish it, but I couldn't take it either. Mm and so as 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 we grow grew up they're like i' oh, we'll, we'll get we'll get back at you and now like I think the only people that I can get like that with are my my boys uh my boys from france and then I started hanging out with uh with comics. I remember at moon Tower years ago, like maybe the second or third year. I ended up at a at twenty four diner at a at a table at like after moon tower, and at the table you have Ari Shafir, uh, you have uh who was in the town of the year? Uh Kurt Metzger. Bill Cosby? Huh?
1: Bill
0: Cosby? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, like uh Kurt Metzger, Dan Soder, and I'm basically that, that that whole crew, and I'm just sitting there like this. And I'm like, <laughs> holy crap, these guys do not let anything fly. At at the the moment you just say something stupid, that just everybody just goes at you and I'm like, yeah, I kind of like that. Oh yeah, I want to. Be, I want it, to be.
2: it makes you not take yourself too seriously. I love it, and it nice. also like acknowledges your existence. Sometimes, when people, like you say something to like non-comics, and they just don't know how to handle it, so they don't. And you're just like, I just said something really
1: fucking funny, and you're not even going to react. Yeah, it's got me in trouble before. I used to do this one show. Once where it came to my mind was I used to do this show at um, like every New Year's Eve up in like it was called Spencer, Wisconsin, small town, is at a hotel. And like the last time I did it, I, uh, like, cause I roast during my show, I do some crowd work where I was roasting people. And then they, they wanted to, uh, the, like, after the show, we were all hanging out at the bar and then everybody was there and they wanted me to roast them. And I was like, you don't want this. I'm gonna make fun of you in front of your wife about your tiny penis. And I did. And to the point where I was this close to getting in a fight, but like, my girlfriend had, at the time had to break it up. And it, it got so bad that they had to shut down the bar. Cause it's like, you guys didn't know what you were getting into. Don't ask me to roast you. I'm gonna roast you. <laughs>
0: Did, did you ever, it, whenever you held a job back then, did you ever get in trouble at work for HR came down? Cause you were like.
1: Uh, never, never? Man, I'm, I'm a totally different person at work. When I used to do like, when I was like a bartender, I didn't, I, when I was a bartender, I didn't even like tell jokes. Mm-hmm. I was more just like work for me when I used to work in like restaurant and restaurant industry and stuff was I'll just go there and put my head down, shut up and do my job. Cause then at night I talk every single night, nonstop with people. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like nobody even knew how I did comedy at a lot of my jobs. I think more when while I'm at work than
2: say more. So even with if I'm like around strangers, mm-hmm. I, I rarely say what I'm thinking, but I'm I'm like taking notes so like I can write about it later. Or like just observing because I mean that's the hardest part about being a comic is just like taking a step back to observe more to like get more material so mm. that you can write more. So I mean Creating those moments where you can write more, where you're like, "This is my writing space." Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people have to have like bartending jobs or just, like paper jobs or whatnot. And, you know, it's easy to distract yourself with getting through that thing, but it's way more beneficial to use that thing and just constantly be writing instead of performing. Because, like, performing is for me on stage on camera like podcast i don't want to be the performer all the time because then i'm never the writer and the jokes right. don't work out
1: right yeah you need time you can't be on all the time because yeah being on all the time is just exhausting and so you're yeah, like that's why, that's why i almost like missed my old jobs because it was a time for me to just turn my brain off and do my job like i love i love one of my favorite things in the world is being an expo at a restaurant because i loved getting the food out It was like a puzzle for me making sure that went down making sure this is coming out on time making sure the ticket times are on I really actually, like, enjoyed that quite a bit. So I can turn my brain off, stop thinking about, you know, how much of a degenerate I am,
0: and then just, like, do my
1: job for, for like, you know, six hours. And I actually really enjoyed that.
0: No, it, it, it's I, – I, I totally, I totally agree. It does get exhausting. Like, I, I wish sometimes, like, you know, when I'm hanging out at, at Mike's um, and, you know, we're just, you know, hanging out, talking or whatever, and I'm like, sometimes I just want to be like, hey, can we talk about something else? than yeah, just yeah. talking shit about right. whoever's on stage or how unfunny right. somebody is or, or someone does day. something. You got to have the best joke in, the, in, the, in this circle right here. Because, I mean, it, you really, I think you really get to know somebody. I mean, yeah, somebody's funny or, you know, that, that's fine. But I'm like, okay, what else you got? What else about, that's why I was asking those questions. Is mm-hmm. that not everybody is just one dimensional. I think everybody has a story okay. to tell. I mean, you guys are relatively young compared to me. You can't tell. How even? Huh? How do you? I'll be thirty-nine on Tuesday. Okay, that's uh-huh. a
2: whole decade. You're about a decade older than
0: me. Yeah, so uh, you, guys, said, cool. you guys are young, and you've lived like twenty-five lives more than I have. Already, <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck was I doing when uh, I was? No, I was no, no, my, I my liver's today.
1: about seventy-five. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, but yeah. I mean,
0: like, I, you know, I uh, when I, I did an open mic for the first time about seven years ago, and I did it with John John Stringer, and I was his first time on it and he kept going. I had a job and I was like, you uh, know, I." No, that's that's the- right.
1: it's, t- it's tough for people that like, I mean, uh, we a uh, like, commerce have a lot in common. I mean, that's why a lot of us are Uber drivers, you yeah. know, working bartenders, because like, if you have a good job, like you don't see a lot of like doctors at open mics, you don't see a lot of lawyers at open mics You see like, you know, people that don't aren't making six figures a year. Yeah. Well, there's something to say like about complacency.
2: Like, if your job is cush, you're probably not gonna work that hard. And stand up comedy is a thing where you have to do it every fucking well, day.
1: You gotta be and you gotta be ready for like as we were talking, you know, like open mics. They suck to go to. They really do. It sucks to get good at comedy for five years of making no money with it and mm-hmm. getting good. And then there's so many even after that. I'm eight years in and I still do terrible shows every once in a while. Like it's yeah. I've done, and, and they, you have to do that to get stage time. I mean, I've done after proms at a bowling alley for like 17-year-olds. I've done metal festivals. I've done charity events. It's just, I've done everything. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do to get good. But like, if you don't, if that if that is daunting to you at all, then like, then you don't get into comedy. Don't do it.
2: Don't fucking do it. I know a guy who's 11 years in, and uh, he's terrible. He's <laughs> just so fucked that he like, I
0: there's a lot of those. Yeah, there's a lot of those.
2: Uh, it's just so funny, but like name is name. I would, but I feel like I can't. No, don't do it. I give you, you me another segment to cut. Then he already knows who I'm talking. About. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Whoever yeah. you are, you're not alone. Just know that there's a lot of people out there who are just like yeah, this is <laughs>
2: yeah. fun. This is totally fine. yeah. You should change careers. <laughs> you should, uh, Whoever I, you are, yeah, I'm not the only person that thinks you should quit. You're an asshole. <laughs> just Exist- with much I didn't say the name, but you know what is the wrong thing way? Is, you can be bad and if you're an asshole, you know, that's the whole thing. Like, you know,
1: you're probably bad because you're such an asshole. Right. I and mean, that's the thing, we don't care. I mean, if there's somebody who's like bad and they're 10 years in, think about it is like most open micers are bad. Out of yeah. 60 comics, maybe six will be good. But yeah. you need those bad people because you need people to fill up. You need comedy fans. You need people that will like that will love it and like sure anybody can try it. There's no barrier to entry. But you you, you kind of need those people. Like, I always... Yeah, and I've been really fucking mad. So, yeah. like, I get it. But, right. well, you know, it's... It, it's but it's, it's about being good people. Because there's so many, like we just saying, like, if you're an asshole, then, like, fuck you. But, like, yeah. just be a good person. Be nice. I mean, I don't know. That's, I've always been nice to everybody that I've met, really. And then the only people that I don't like in comedy are assholes. I don't yeah. I don't dislike somebody because they're bad at comedy. Yeah, I dislike them because they're a dick. That's how I feel. Mm. <laughs> You
0: what play. is his name? I think, I think, I think Actually, actually, I think I know you I'm not gonna say. I haven't. I have a clue, but I'm. I'm not gonna. Fergola. No. <laughs> fuck you, Craig. No.
2: <laughs> we always used to uh, Martin Hen. We always would end every single podcast saying, "And fuck you, Craig Fergola. <laughs> it was a very small number of people, but we did it every single time.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it hey, was a thing. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I loved it. I love
0: it, 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 it's true. a weird, uh it, it, it's a weird business to, to to jump in, and and I have the utmost re- respect for people who dedicate their lives to it. I mean, there's, there's there's a reason why a lot of professional comics, for example, don't have kids until they're in their 40s. Think of Bill burrow right. Rob Kelly; these guys are in their 50s and they have like a three-year-old boy. I shot myself in the foot; I got a three-year-old already. You know, plus oh, yeah. the job and everything. But I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna give this everything everything I can and right. whatever it's like better late than never type of deal. I don't know what will come out of it, but I, I, I enjoyed it. since the first time I went on, uh, I'm like, look, this is, I feel like this, this, this is where I belong kind of thing. I know this sounds weird coming from me and I just, I just started and you guys been in, in there for a long time. I'm like, yeah, this motherfucker doesn't know what he's talking about.
2: <laughs> no, no. I think that actually having a kid is, one of those bridges to normalcy that I just don't have, like, I don't relate to a normal person at all. I'm like polyamorous. I'm like, I fuck everybody. And like, that's not, that's no. not a thing that like is immediately dirty. Like, I don't, I don't know why, uh, but like having a kid, I actually lie about having a kid because I don't know how to relate to so many audiences. So I just like made up that I was like, actually, that doesn't I do work. have a kid.
0: I it doesn't
2: work. I promise you.
0: I have a joke. Seriously, I I, I have a joke uh, about my kid being a uh, school shooter.
2: That that's a separate. That I didn't say. No, 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 no.
0: It is. It is the he joke.
2: It is, it, it is. Whoa. The, it, <laughs> wait. What? You said school shooter, right?
0: Yeah. Shoot a school. Shoot up a school.
2: Yeah. You don't see how what you and I are doing are different. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, it is, but I'm, ta- I'm, I'm talking about how the response I get when I talk about having a kid with a, with a room full of comics, because they can't relate to any of the shit I'm talking about.
1: Right, right. right. Well, because it's tough. I mean, that's the same thing as like having a six-figure job or like having yeah. a, even a girlfriend or a wife. I mean, like a, I'd say a good amount of comics are single because it's it's you really have to dedicate your entire life to it. I mean, you can do it without all those things, but like it has to be your dedication. It's that's why I left out because I was like just bringing my shows back. I was unemployed, so I had nothing to do. I have no girlfriend, wife, kids. I had nothing. And so I was just like, oh, I have all day, every day. Perfect. I can throw myself fully into comedy." But, I mean, there's also like the people that, like, that you're talking about, like I think yourself,
2: mm-hmm. um, like find your room. Like, it, it, like that's what they say about reading the room. Like if you did that, those jokes of like Cap City or Helium Now, but Cap City – they would have loved that shit. Like, that, those are the people who pay money to go to comedy shows and that's good because you want money doing this shit. <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, so somebody like, weirdos, including myself, I, I'm just like, is there a glass ceiling? Like, is there some sort of like thing that I can't get above because I can't relate to enough people? I, perhaps. I don't know, but, I don't think you should stop doing your kid material. I think you should just find right. a room that
1: they like it. Uh, right. I need some relatability. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start having sex without a condom. Just like so pop, a kid in, have something to do. Yeah,
0: drink a yeah. why and then be like, yeah. This, I'm, I'm kidding. Gonna... I
1: don't wear
2: condoms for everybody out there. The latest lie that I'm telling on stage is so I'm going to prison. Like, how <laughs> fucking
1: relatable is that? Like, so why <laughs> am I doing that? right? I have to tell so many people that like a, a, a lot of comedy is hyper <laughs> hyperbole and exaggeration. Like yeah, I'm not. Yeah, a lot of it is a lie. I mean, there's a ton that it's not true. I mean, it, it comes from truth. Like, all of my stories, all my jokes, they come from truth. But there's some exaggeration. You know, you got to have it. Do
0: you, do you guys walk around with a, you know, pen pad, write your jokes as, as you...
2: I used to... What's your, your regimen? Uh-huh.
0: Um,
2: so that one idea was one thing, and then I would, like, put it in my uh, notebook so that that entire page was, like, dedicated to that, to that idea. Now I just either write on stage... And then I listen to it, and then I'll put it in my uh, in my notes on my phone.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, but then that note, uh, uh, Natalie Goldberg said that the idea will never be as big as a piece of paper that you're writing on. So if you are really looking to expand your idea, writing in something small, it doesn't actually make you're not going to get to where like you're not going to blow it out as much as you want. Right. See from like having to... a notebook where you can just, like, write. And I always choose really, really shitty notebooks where there's no pressure to write. Like, I just lost my notebook in Houston, and everyone's like, oh, my God. And I was like, I don't give a fuck about that notebook. Like, right. uh, it's trash. Right. I, I, I I, make it trash so that I don't... So that I write more, so that I don't have to feel the pressure yes. of
1: writing. Well, and plus, I mean, I think it matters so much more in the beginning of just, like, getting that routine of writing. And, like, like now, I mean... Like, I, I really I, I text myself jokes or premises, but same thing. Like, I, I didn't know how to write on stage till I was about five years in, and then I like realized like oh okay that, then I can you know explore that joke on stage rather than just like by yourself in your head. Mm-hmm. And so now I mean same thing like I, I've lost so many joke books. I only have one left right now. But I think what once you gain that confidence in yourself that you're gonna be funny, I mean that makes all of not all of it, but makes makes a lot of the nervousness and anxiety of going on stage just makes it go away. Because I'm like. You know what? I'll remember my jokes. I've been doing this long enough. I've done a thousand comedy sets in my life. Like mm-hmm. it's gonna come back.
2: Yeah. Um, and if you
1: don't remember
2: it, it wasn't that funny. Right. So if you don't True. remember, if you write something and you and you don't remember it. Don't try to memorize it uh, because it's not
0: that funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, you know, and when you when you first when you first start, it's like you have it in your head. You're like, okay, if I was on say this is I want to say it, and it it's totally different. Like you're. Yeah, at least I mean that that happened to me a few times where I know where I'm going and my brain just goes, fuck it, we're gonna go left. Mm -hmm. And it it's it totally doesn't work. And like, fuck, now I gotta go back, or if you get a response, then like I record all all my sets and then afterwards I do a little like self-critique little video, and I'm like, Okay, well that that didn't work. That was horrible. Okay, that was okay, but maybe if I switch things around, I, I I try to work my way through the puzzle and right. figure out how things need to move based on the response i got well and it's, it's
1: so different for every comedian i mean the writing process like yeah. I, i'm one of the comics that i can't do i don't like writing for other people or with other people a lot of people do workshops they get together they run jokes by each, by each other i can't do i don't know this is my writing style is like, i can't and so like and then some people you know need to need to write it down some people write nothing down i mean it's so different for every comic it's why it's funny when comics ask them they're like so like how do you write? And I was like, I mean it's gonna be so different. You figure out what your process is. That's really what it comes down to. Uh
2: there's another thing, that is Natalie Goldberg, you're getting a lot of play in this podcast. Uh, that milk I'm sorry, milk, did you just drink that no.
0: milk? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not milk. It? This is this is Amarula. It's uh, liqueur from South Africa.
2: Okay, okay. Delicious.
0: Throw uh-huh. that in coffee. But it milk. <laughs> yeah, but it's dope. You drink it on <laughs>
2: This is like a- <laughs> I'm sorry. We just randomly thought a drink cup of milk. Yeah, cup I'm of so milk.
0: Good. This is this is what it is. This is elephant come yeah, yeah. yeah. like it says cum. on the bottle. But it's delicious. It's delicious. Dog. I'm a ruler. They don't pay me, but I fucking I tried it in South Africa. I'm like I I I gotta get this back. So anyway, but,
1: I, so, I, I, so we gotta, uh, Can we do our plug? We got. I apologize. We got to cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Shows.
0: All right. So, quick and a Crave. Uh, Creek in the Cave. <laughs> creek in the Cave. Sorry, ATX opens up. What's the launch? April
2: one.
0: April one on April Fool's yep. Day.
2: Yeah, and if we don't open up on time, jokes
1: on you.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's a T-shirt. Yep. Uh, right. where can people find you? Uh, individually and then the the venue. Quick plug and and uh, the shows, the uh, chain, as well. uh,
2: on all the things. Uh, just type in Creek in the Cave and then you'll find us. Um, I'm Colton
1: Dowling on all things. because That's my name. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so follow, follow Creek, uh, I think it's Creek and Cave uh, on Instagram. Follow that. Um, Check us out. Our website, uh, we're putting up, so we're going to start putting our programming up there so you're going to start to see who we're bringing in and what we're going to do. For me, follow Rough Cut Comedy uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Like I said, I run a ton of the shows in town. Follow Rough Cut Comedy, follow at Comedian Marty for all my stuff. Um, and then if anybody's listening to this in Austin, every Monday I'm at WTF, 7 p.m. Every Tuesday I'm at Baker Street Club, 8 p.m. Every Wednesday, Lucky Duck, 8 p.m. Thursday, Poor Choices, 8 p.m. Friday, WTF, 7 p.m. And then Sunday we have a show starting up at the uh, Russian House at 8 p.m. every Sunday. So uh, just follow Comedian Marty or uh, Rough Cut Comedy and see them all.
0: Well, congratulations to both of you. Uh, hoping the best. I know I'll see you around. Uh, as always, make sure you follow the feedback everywhere on the socials. Um, check check out the archive. We, we've had a lot of people on, and we plan on having more. the The booking list is really filling up, so if you're a comic in Austin or, f- or from wherever, wherever you're listening, make sure you support your local comedy. You know, it's uh, it's definitely in need these days after the shitty year we had. So, again, thank you guys so much for for being on. Of course, and, uh, of course. Good and the luck thing to I know.
2: was going to say about uh, Natalie Goldberg was <laughs> uh, <what's up? laughs> shut Go up and write. Yeah. And that's She just, whatever you're doing,
1: shut up. Whatever excuses you have, just shut up and write. That's Natalie Goldberg. And thank you, you for having us. Pre- we appreciate it. Um, and, you know, you're a big supporter of the comedy scene here in Austin. So thank you. Thank you. And as we say every single time.
0: Fuck, Fuck you, Craig <laughs> Should I name the part the episode that just for his yeah, attention? Yeah. Yes, he would love
2: it. <laughs> sure. He would love it. Maybe you should name it. This is don't record this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Too late. It's
0: still on. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Thank,
2: thank you. You. Thank you.